Welcome, everybody, to the Security Guy and the CIA Spy Show podcast, where we are keeping you on top of what is new and ahead of what is next at all times on all things security, tech, and digital literacy. Knowing that when good people like you want to make sure that their money, their family, and their business is safe and secure from attackers, hackers, and thieves, or you just want to make sure your tech is running smoothly, my name is Robert DeSoliano. I am the security guy, and along with my co-host, Peter Wormka, who is a real and retired United States CIA spy, we will give you every single tool, tip, tactic, and skill that you need to fight the bad guy and keep your physical and digital life secure, worry less, and even make you happier. This podcast will help you breathe easier with less stress and a greater sense of well-being. So let's get at it. And welcome to the Security Guy and CIA Spy Podcast. I am Robert Ticiliano, and this is... Peter Warmka. How are you, Robert? How you doing, Peter? Uh, Happy Easter-ish. Yeah? Yeah, it's getting close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, What are you doing for Easter? Oh, I got! I finally got home. I've been on the road for over a month, and now I'm looking forward to some quality time at home with my family. Yeah. So you were gone for a month. Business is good. Yeah, well, it was a combination of business and personal. The personal was the first part of my travel. I went with my wife and my daughter to one of my daughters to Morocco, because this was a trip that was already planned and paid for. Uh, prior to uh, COVID, and it was canceled by by the tour, tour company one week before we were set to, to uh, take off, which is probably a good thing. Otherwise, we would have been in quarantine over there for some time. Probably. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing for Easter? No, here we're gonna have a, we're gonna make cook up a good meal and I have uh, family members here. My daughter just moved back from California a few months ago, and she had a second our second grandchild. So uh, we'll have. We have most of our family here. My son, unfortunately, won't be able to make it from Washington. But, yeah, but yeah, uh, what yeah. about you? So actually, I'm going to be alone for the what? first time ever on Easter. And do not feel bad for me. It's okay. It's by choice. So, um, uh, well, my mother-in-law is 91. Okay. Bless and her heart. Congratulations. That's great to yeah. have a mother that's that's in it. My mother-in-law, so my wife's mom. Yes. So my yes. wife, uh, my wife has longevity in her family, which is good for her. Uh, not so much in my family, but my wife's family. Good for my daughters, right? And uh, my uh, wife and kids and sister-in-law are heading to my mother-in-law's house for the day, and I'm actually choosing to stay home because I'm running the Boston Marathon on the Monday, Patriots Day. Oh wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, so it's my uh, 11th marathon. I run for uh, Dana-Farber Cancer Research. We've raised over $110,000 in the past uh, 11 years. This is my 11th marathon. And so I'm choosing to stay home because I got to stay off my feet. And I have a specific diet I need to consume that basically is designed to keep me going from uh, mile one to mile 26. So I really can't deviate. So I'm on my butt watching movies, eating all day, and I'm be perfectly content. No, that's fantastic. Well, uh, that's great. You're doing the marathon again. And that's very, very noble cause. That's yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's 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 great. My 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 16 year old says that um, Patriots Day, which is a, I believe it's just a Massachusetts holiday. Patriots Day is uh, her favorite holiday of the year. Oh, great. It's always yeah. uh, Marathon Monday, and um, yeah, so it's all good. I I did the um, uh, marathon in October of 20. 20- 21 
which is the only, which is the first time ever. It was in October. They moved it, you know, all because of COVID and everything. So I'm going, what, uh, six months uh, since my last one. I am relatively prepared for it. You know, I'm a minimalist trainer and um, I've been doing like three hours a couple times a week on the bike uh, and uh, lots of uh, floor work and not a whole lot of running. My my mechanics aren't really good uh, this time of the year for that. I, I I don't actually do a lot of running up to the marathon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but yeah, you got it. You got. I mean, you got it down pat though for all these years. Uh, I my hats off to you. My hats off to you. I think I need to follow in your footsteps this way. at least in a form of the exercise and minimizing the calorie intake. I can learn a lot from you. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I have actually lost ten pounds since the beginning of the year. Wow. Uh, and we and I did that by number one, choosing to not have meat in the house. So we have not cooked uh, chicken or beef or pork in the house since the end of December. Uh, and I, I don't consider myself a vegetarian at all, but um, that one thing, along with, you know, reducing a certain amount of alcohol intake, uh, reducing a certain amount of sugar intake, reducing a certain amount of uh, carbohydrate intake, still eating, you know, brown rice, white rice. And uh, I've lost 10 pounds really just from eating much cleaner. And it's been great. And that's uh, that I'll, I'll be at 182 for my marathon weight. And I'll actually put on about six or seven pounds between this coming Friday night and marathon Monday with all the food and, 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 and uh, hydration. And then I'll probably lose five pounds during the marathon. And then it'll all be, you know, back to normal the next day. That's great. Well, good luck to you. Yeah. Thanks, man. Hey, so uh, today um, I thought we'd talk about uh, travel security. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you think? Oh, I think it's a great topic because I, as I told you, I've been on the road and all the planes are full. The, the airports are full. A lot of people are traveling and also planning to travel. So I think it's a very timely topic to travel and travel security is it's got to be at the you know top of everybody's minds or it should be. You know, because yeah. there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that can happen to you when you're on when you're traveling, when you're on the road. Yeah. So uh, what pockets and uh, muggings and uh, uh, you know assault. Uh, you know, it, it, it depending on you know the, the the crime climate of the state or the country that you travel to, whether it's domestic or internationally. Uh, I think you know all of us have some type of a travel mishap or travel you know safety and security issue that we can all speak to. Uh, you know, what, what, uh, what, what, what have you confronted in all your years on the road? Well, the thing is I, with my travel, all, I mean, been to over 56, 57 countries and most of that travel initially did on my own with my family. I mean, we made our own travel arrangements, our flights with, uh, you know, renting a car, driving our own hotel and, and, um, I got nothing against going on organized tours. In fact, uh, we've been doing a few of those more recently to areas that are a little bit more difficult, especially if you don't have the language. I mean, I have, I have four different languages. So if you have the language, it makes it a little bit easier, but right. I don't have Chinese. So traveling to China or Vietnam or these places, I would rather entrust a tour company. But the problem is when people travel by a tour company, they're so used to having everything done for them. Right. that sometimes they don't think, they don't think about, you know, what could happen. And if something happens, how to react. Yeah, because you don't they, need to. We need yeah. a mindset. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, I, um, yeah, I've, I've been, you know, uh, I've been to uh, Dubai and in and, and Europe and um, uh, the UK and, you know, Scotland and, you know, of course, Canada and Mexico and most of the islands. Uh, not uh, 57 countries like you, but, um, and I've, I've seen my share of stuff, right? Uh, I remember um, years ago, we were in Mexico. My daughter was probably two at the time. And uh, we had just gotten over a category two hurricane and we rented a car because we were in the hotel or the resort for like three or four days. And um, my wife was like, we need to get out of this room now. And so, you know, our only option at the time was to rent a car. And I'm like, I am not renting a car in Mexico. She's like, we are renting a car. So we rented a car. And uh, against my better judgment, and uh, we get in the car and mind you, like we just gotten over a category two hurricane and there's debris all over the road. I mean, there's palm trees and rocks and coconuts and you name it. Like it was you know, you know housing, it was wood, siding, it was everywhere, right? So uh, we rent the car, we're in the car for five minutes and I'm going slow because I don't know where I am. And my wife's in the back seat with my daughter in a hot, in a, in a, in a, in a chair. And, uh, you know, safety seat. And I got pulled over immediately. Oh, like I got five minutes into my ride. Right. The I, can imagine how this, I can imagine how this went because I've been oh. pulled over many times in Mexico. I used to live there. <laughs> All right. So maybe you can, uh, you know, I, I guess uh, corroborate what I'm about to say. Yeah. So I, I said to my wife, like, what did I do wrong? She's like, just, just do what they say. I'm like, yeah, of course. You know, so the first thing I did was I... Um, took a hundred dollars out of my pocket. I had a hundred dollar bill and I put that in the palm of my hand because I didn't know what I was going to come up against. And they were definitely cops, you know, cause it was like, they were definitely cops. Like it was a full, uh, full blown, you know, lights and, and stickers and decals and uniforms and the whole thing. So I got out of the car, I had the money in my hand in, you know, the palm of my hand, I didn't show it or anything at this point. And the guy says in broken English, you know, get up against the car you know, so he 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 frisked he frisked me, and all I had on was shorts and a tank top. Really, he frisked you? Huh. He frisked me right away. You know, my wife and daughter, two year old, are in the back seat, and he he says you're under arrest. I'm like, why? He says because you were speeding and reckless driving. And I'm like, really? He, I'm like, what's the speed limit? He, he I forget, like you know, whatever the kilometers were, and uh, I was like, you know, I'm. I'm so sorry. He's like, I reckless driving. I was just avoiding, you know, the stuff in the road. Like I just got in the car five minutes ago. Uh, and he, he says, well, you're going to have to, we're going to have to take you down to the station and you're going to have to pay your fine. It's $150. And uh, I was like, well, what if I was to pay it right here and right now? And I showed him the hundred dollars I had in my palm. And he said, get on the sidewalk. I got in the sidewalk and he went over and talked to, um, I guess it was his boss because his boss was in the passenger seat, or I don't know, uh, he, the boss seemed older. Uh, and uh, I saw some heads nodding. And he came back and he said, All right, yeah, you could pay it now. And I gave yeah. him the $100. I got in the car. And my wife's like, What just happened? I told her. I turned around. I went back to the car rental company. I'm like, That's it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you don't, yeah. That's that's uh, you're setting yourself up for that kind of thing because you can get stopped for any little thing. And once you get stopped, my only advice to you would have been, well, you know, you already rented the car, but I would I would have probably gone with 50 bucks versus 100. But that's OK. <laughs> you got to know what the market is. <laughs> I, I wasn't about to bargain and uh, I was perfectly fine with 100 because it would have cost me more for the fine. Oh, yeah. And 
I didn't want to end up having a, you know, have to call my father to wire money to bail me out of a Mexican jail. Mm -hmm. I just, this wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, but I, so I did the right thing other than I might have spent too much. Yeah, but it's a learning experience. It really is. I mean, I've been through those a number of times. And I, I think uh, what most people would face traveling overseas, if they're not prepared, are being victims to scams. Every country has a different scam. And they will target, I mean, tourists are such an easy prey. They can spot a tourist in a, in a heartbeat by how they're dressed, you know, by what they're carrying, by, you know, listening to what they say. So the real danger is, I mean, it's not so much if you like go up to somebody and ask them for information, right? Because you might want to contact, contact a, a local source of information if you're traveling, maybe at the hotel desk, the concierge, or maybe a merchant that's in the store if you're asking for directions or recommendations. But when somebody off the street comes up to you and they speak perfect English, that's, to, to me, that is a big tip right there because when they speak perfect English, uh, they're going to set up, stick up a conversation with you and you as a foreigner, oh man, it's so nice to be able to find a local that speaks English, right? And you get into this conversation and they'll say, American, yeah. Oh, and, and, they'll, and they'll talk about some places in America that maybe that they've heard or been to. Ingratiate you and they get you to like trust them, right? To take the, they'll take you to some places where you want to buy something, maybe gemstones, whatever, you know, that countries would be famous for. Right. Um, and, you, and they're going to give you this great deal. They know people in, in, you know, that get discounts and they take you there and they end up overcharging you big time. Or they sell you fraudulent, you know, fake, fake, if, if fake items that, that are not real, and you're thinking you're going to get a great deal. Well, they sell you a timeshare. You end up spending huh. 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 grand on something that you're never going to use, one or the yeah. other. Well, see, another thing, uh, and this happens in a number of countries, but this was in in uh, in uh, Hungary, and I traveled there several years ago. Before I went, I read about this in the travel guide. I said that there's there's this, this common, uh, really famous pedestrian walkway, all right? I can't remember the name of it, but it still exists. And the big stand there is that you're walking, and all of a sudden, um, an attractive male or attractive female, particularly your guy, is going to be an attractive female that's going to stop you and get you into a conversation. And then they're going to, you know, say, hey, why don't, you know, we want to grab a coffee or a drink right here. Anything is innocent enough, right? What the hell? I got some time to, to kill. And you go, and you go to this restaurant or, or cafe. You order drinks for you and, and uh, the individual without consulting the menu. Right. And then when you come back with the tab, it's like instead of something maybe being $10, it's like $250 or $300. And your, the problem is you didn't ask for the prices. And so that happened to me. Okay. I was walking there and it's really beautiful girls like, hey, hey. And I said, like, what? It's like, who, me? <laughs> Who's behind me, right? Uh, no, didn't I see you and your friend at the club last night? And I knew that right away. I said, okay, here we go. We got into a conversation. Kind of want to see if this is going to lead toward that uh, that proposition, right? And sure enough, got time for, you know, American. Oh, I love to practice my English. Uh, let's go for a coffee. There's coffee right over here. I said, no, I, I extracted myself quickly and went on. But it was an example. My brother had the same thing happen to him in another country where they invited him into a tea house. And he's thinking, okay, I mean, they have tea house, try different teas, maybe even, a, I don't know, some music. And he went in there and the same thing. They, they served him some tea. Then they came out with this outrageous uh, amount that he had to pay. And you, 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 they got some thugs there. They all beat you up if you don't pay yeah. it. Yeah. Peter, that happened to me in Boston. 
<laughs> in my backyard. So we what we went out to dinner to what's called the North End in Boston, which is a great, great area. Love the North End in Boston. We go there every summer, at least a couple, three times. It's the Italian section of Boston with all the Italian restaurants. And we we had gone out at a time of the day where like there was lines everywhere. So we ended up at a restaurant that was more of a tourist trap than anything else. You know, a, a restaurant that I would not ever recommend going forward. And when we walked in, you know, we sat down and, um, you know, the maitre d' or the host or whatever he was, he started putting, look at, I'm Italian, so I can speak like this, okay? Uh, he started to do the whole abundanza, abundanza thing, you know, like kind of putting on a show for, for the tourists, right? My, um, you know, not knowing that I'm a local and my, uh, my brother-in-law being Australian. So when he spoke up, he's Australian, you know, it has that Australian accent. So the, the, the maitre d' is thinking that we're all, you know, foreigners. And so um, we ordered a bottle of wine that uh, we didn't like so much. And then we, um, we asked him, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of pick out something else that was, you know, uh, you know around the same money, uh, you know, but, but better, right? And the, the first bottle of wine we had bought was a $60 bottle of wine. This, the bottle of wine that the maitre d' had ordered for us was a $175 bottle of wine no. that was almost three times as much as the first bottle of wine, which our mistake for allowing him to pick us out a bottle of wine. Uh, but that happened in Boston. Man. So that can happen anywhere. So you yeah. always really need to be very careful in that regard. Yeah, be careful. I think a lot of this travel, travel security comes down to really thinking about it and planning a lot of things in advance of your trip. And, you and know. knowing what your options are. So um, we have an article that I'm going to, that we'll go over that has a lot okay. of the, 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 the do's and don'ts. Uh, one last travel security story that happened to my wife. So uh, some years ago, it was before her and I were together, she went to Spain with a girlfriend and she had uh, rented a car and she uh, left the uh, car rental agency and right out of the driveway, there was a stop sign. And as soon as she stopped at the stop sign, somebody knocked on her passenger window at the stop sign. And the, the guy knocks on her window and said, and pointed to her rear tire and said, flat tire, flat tire, flat tire. And she's like, oh, okay, thank you. She puts it in park. She gets out of the vehicle. She walks around the vehicle to check the flat tire. And the tire was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. So she gets back in her vehicle and she's getting ready to drive. And she noticed that her pocketbook that was sitting on the passenger seat was uh, gone. Yeah. So the way it works is uh, when you put it in park, the doors automatically unlock. And when that happens, the, the guy who had said flat tire, all he had done was duck. And as soon as she put it in park, he cracked open the door, grabbed the pocketbook, and then just ran down the street. She went uh, back to the, the uh, car rental place. And actually, no, she went right to the uh, police station. And um, there was a sign as soon as she walked in that said, if you were a victim of the flat tire scam, please line up over here. Wow. So that was happening all the time. All the time. Now you would think that they would say something to her at the car rental place, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. There should have been a sign at the car rental place or somebody should have said at the car rental place, beware of the flat tire scam, but they didn't do that at all. Mm -hmm. Probably because they're probably getting paid off by the people who are doing the actual stealing to say nothing.
Well, fortunately, though, for her, it's a nonviolent crime because it's, it's kind of like a similarity here. She was targeted also because she left something on the seat that they saw that was of value. Okay, they knew it would get in and out really quickly. What I've seen, I've lived in Brazil for a period of time, and not only in, in Sao Paulo, but other big cities where a, what happens is you, there's a lot of people that will be on motorcycles, they're like messenger boys, and, and but there's a lot of people on, on motorcycles, and they're going between the lines of cars, and, and sometimes there's a lot of congestion, and all of a sudden they, they pull up and they look into the vehicle. You're driving, they look into the vehicle to see if there's something of value, you know, maybe it's a briefcase, maybe it's a purse, maybe it's your watch. And there, they'll even put up, I mean, what, what has happened, they, they will put a gun, a revolver, and they'll tap the window. And if you don't give it to them, I mean, it can, it, seriously, it, it can be very violent. So it's sure. like, I know people, I mean, I know of people there that have actually gotten killed uh, in these circumstances. And it comes, and what it really is, is having something of value. It's very important when you're traveling, not to carry anything that, that these criminals will see that makes you a target, you know? If you're carrying an expensive camera, expensive jewelry, uh, a briefcase or something like that, that that might make you the target, target of opportunity for them. Yeah. Yeah. This puppy uh, does not travel with me. At no, all. Get behind. Nope. Yeah, no, I had, I, a, I mean, I've had that happen. I've, I've lost a chain like that. My first trip overseas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife leaves her rings at home. You know, everything is locked up, safe, the whole thing, like none of that stuff. You just, you just can't. Yeah. So uh, check this out, Peter. Um, all right. So right here, uh, this is B via expert vagabond 25 important travel safety tips. Everyone should know this just came out. This is very timely due to the fact that, you know, here we are um, the beginning of the spring ish uh, summer's coming and people are, hungry to get out. Uh, I know that uh, everything that I've seen in regards to traveling and resorts and hotels and everything is booking up really fast. And that's good. You know, people got to get out and, you know, explore and experiment. And so after traveling the world for the past 10 years, this guy's learned about staying safe, sometimes the hard way. I have too. Uh, and here are his best travel safety tips uh, for avoiding trouble on your trip. So uh, learn common travel scams. And that's a really good one. So wherever you go in the world, you always find people ready to trick you out of your hard-earned cash. If you're lucky, uh, you know, they'll be kind of obvious. So uh, there's a link right here to the most common travel scams that this guy's come across. We will provide the links to this particular article in the show notes. So no matter where you're going, you know, there are, there's always going to be a um, resource to find out what those travel scams are. So like, for example, if you do, um, if you search Tijuana travel scams or you know, Mexico City travel scams or Uruguay travel scams, etc., you know, Italian or Italy travel scams, you'll find uh, options, you'll find articles. So it's just a matter of being resourceful yourself, right? Absolutely, right. Mm -hmm. All right, now basic stuff like write down emergency info, if disaster strikes, you might not have time to research for numbers for local police or ambulance. So I think it's important to have, like this guy saying, have a thumb drive with copies of your passports and important documents. I also have it on my mobile phone. I have uh, fo uh, phone numbers of the consulate where I'm traveling. I have phone numbers of local hospitals and law enforcement. Um, and I have, I have, I also have, um, Peter, when you travel, what do you do for insurance? Uh, the honest, I know a lot of people will get 
travel insurance, I typically, I have not really relied upon it, but I think it's a good idea if you research it yeah. and you look at different, there's a lot of different companies that offer it yeah. and different price points. Yeah. I think go with a reputable company. It, it definitely can be definitely worth it. Yeah, I actually go straight to American Express. I've been a, a lifelong American Express ever since I was 18 years old client, and I buy their insurance uh, mm -hmm. for me and my whole family. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also, um, uh, so so I I think it, I'm I'm insured up to like fifty thousand dollars in cash, and then I have um, so many thousands of dollars of uh, money that goes towards evacuation. And there's a med flight involved in that same um, cost. I think I spent under $500 for that. And I think it, I forget how long it lasts me for, but for me, that is absolute peace of mind. I know for a fact that if you travel to countries like Mexico and something catastrophic happens to you, that you're on your own. I mean, they're not going to take your insurance. That just doesn't happen in Mexico. You've got to pay cash. Yeah, most places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most parts of the world, you're going to have to pay cash. And get reimbursed uh, later. Yeah, you get reimbursed later from your, your uh, insurance. Hopefully, maybe, maybe not. Right. Yeah. So uh, whenever I travel, I have the insurance and then I also have usually about seventy five to one hundred thousand dollars in credit. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I have access to credit cards with, you know, twenty five thousand, thirty five thousand dollar limits. And if I need to wire that money or just lay down a credit card, I'll do that. I have an example here of that writing down the emergency info. I mean, it's important, I think to take photocopies of our passports, uh, driver's license or, and or credit cards and, and, and try to keep those the original documents secure, but carrying those uh, photocopies that could be utilized, especially if all of a sudden those things go up missing or stolen. But in the case of our, my recent trip to Morocco, eh, my wife all of a sudden was suffering from some severe uh, blood, pre blood pressure shot up and, and for, for a period of three days, mm. got very concerned. And we were yeah. staying at a very nice hotel, Marriott, really nice hotel. And you would think going to a lobby of a five-star hotel that they would be able to secure a doctor for you, right? Whether they have a doctor on staff or they can call one that would come. I went down there, it was about 11 p.m. And they had nobody and they didn't, they, they didn't have anybody listed they could call all they could refer me to is a, a clinic several blocks away but fortunately i had written down my uh, my uh, my wife's doctor cardiologist his telephone number and fortunately he did respond so we were able to make that call and resolve something that could have been you know maybe have to go to a clinic or it could have, could have disrupted our travel just yeah. by not having that sort of Dang. information available yeah yeah that, that's real stuff all right, check the State Department website. So travel.state.gov. I am always heading to travel.state.gov prior to any international trip. I want to know exactly what's going on wherever it is that I'm going to, including yep. on the connector. Right. So that's a great, great resource. Uh, you could sign up for travel advisories as well. Such so a fantastic website. Definitely, if you've never been there, travel.state.gov. What else do we have here? All kinds of good stuff. Lock up your valuables. So you have the hotel safe, right, in your room. You also have the hotel has its own safe. Peter, what are your thoughts on that? Well, don't take for granted that, I mean, putting it in the hotel safe is better than leaving it in the room or maybe better than carrying all these things with you, like cash and all these other items that could be stolen. But it doesn't, the fact that you put it in a safe at the hotel doesn't, necessarily protect you from someone else access hotel staff accessing that safe 
Um, fortunately, we have not had something stolen from us in a safe, but I know from a security standpoint, working in the intelligence world, we will not leave anything in a safe because we presume that someone from uh, someone, somebody from the hotel who's working for the intelligence service can easily access whatever we have in there and uh, get the information. So uh, yeah. from a more of an intelligence, counter, counterintelligence standpoint, I'm, I'm very cautious when it comes to using the hotel safes, but it's better than nothing if you're trying to protect your, your, you know, your money and your, your computer and things like that from being stolen. Yeah. So I know that uh, you can go to YouTube and search, you know, how to hack a hotel safe and how to hack a hotel lock. And you can find various tutorials on how to do just that. So we don't generally keep anything of any value in the hotel safes. I'm usually taking whatever it is with me. Um, the laptop computer, I'm usually not going to be taking that with me. Um, I'm not even going to put that in the safe. I'll usually find some place within the room, like like underneath a draw in a bureau to put a laptop computer, which would fit underneath the draw, uh, not yeah. in the draw, but underneath that draw. So there's something called security through obscurity, and that's one way to go about it. They would have to completely turn over a room in order to find any valuables of mine in a hotel. I'm pretty good at hiding stuff. I've even got stuff underneath rugs in the past. No, that's good. I, the second hotel that we checked into in Morocco, the the uh, safe wasn't working, and so I called. You know, I called the uh, housekeeping. They sent somebody up. And they, and, they, and they couldn't get it to work. And all of a sudden, you just like pulled it right out of the wall. It, it only, I think it only weighed like about 15 pounds, the safe. And he took it out and he said, oh, we'll bring you another one in, a, in about a half an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, keep it, and keep in mind that like no matter what you travel with, you know, electronics, jewelry, if you're going to travel with jewelry, just make sure that you have insurance on that stuff so that, you know, if it was to be stolen while you're on the road, that your home insurance generally should cover as long as it's it's listed as a as an item to be covered, you know? yeah, maybe take pictures of it too. Those yeah, items. yeah. We uh, are, we had a friend very recently who had something stolen out of her vehicle in her home, and it was a laptop, a brand new laptop from Christmas, and her her home insurance covered it. Uh -huh. So ask locals for advice. That's always a good idea. Locals being generally those in the hotel, the concierge is usually the the best person to ask. Um, you know, you could ask people at the bars and the restaurants and out and about, but I would definitely stick to somebody more reputable, generally more reputable than somebody within the hotel, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, register with your embassy. We talked about that. Email your itinerary to friends and family. That's always a good idea. My father always has everything. Um, my sister-in-law always has everything. My father always emails me his stuff as well, right? Mm -hmm. These are all basic one-on-one things that everybody should be doing. Don't share too much with strangers. Definitely not. You never know if you're talking to the enemy. And I definitely do not post stuff on social media ever. Oh, yeah, and that's especially important during the travel. If, if for those people that are just love to get that stuff on social media regarding pictures from their trip, if you're going to do that, do it after you're back. Don't do it during the trip because you're just telegraphing to everybody. Hey, this is where I I I am right now, and I'm not at home. Or I'm not at the office. Perfect time for someone to, to uh, try to leverage that, right? Yeah, I like this one right here. Don't do stupid things for photos. Like you hear about this every day. I mean, it wasn't that long ago there was somebody I think in the Grand Canyon, and yeah. a young lady, young lady that just went over. It's, it's so sad. Couples, yeah. It's just, you know, please uh, splurge on extra safety if you're traveling as a budget backpacker. Uh, know the safest way to travel ultra cheap backpacker hostels aren't always the safest places so spend a little bit more money 
be aware of your clothing, dress like the locals do. In certain parts of the Middle East, women have to wear uh, headdresses and so forth. So just always be cognizant of that because people can get offended. You know, I, I would never wear like, you know, a big old USA flag if I was traveling in any part of the world where they were hostile towards Americans. I mean, that makes right. sense. I wouldn't wear a Patriots uh, football jersey if I'm going to Philly, never mind, you know, uh, you know, parts of the world, right? right. <laughs> Absolutely. Or a Red Sox shirt in New York City. <laughs> You're asking for trouble. <laughs> right. Stay tethered to your bag. That's very important. You know, always have your bag like not just on the back of your chair, uh, you know, over the um, armrest or the, the the chair back, but literally like around your leg or around your arm. Uh, I've had friends who have had pocketbooks stolen right off the back of their chair. Well, yeah, and even when you're carrying it, I would say try to you know try to carry it in front of you, you know, at least where you have positive control versus to the side or back of you because that can easily be be lifted. What uh, when I travel, I mean. To me, the most, probably most valuable thing I, I'm carrying is going to be my wallet, right? But I will take out cash from that wallet and put put that cash in a separate pocket so that if I'm paying for something, I'm just pulling out a few bills. I'm not pulling out my wallet with all the money in there and all the credit cards. And I usually keep that wallet in my front pocket versus in that back pocket. And I'll tell you a story. I was in a, um, Bolivia with my son. It was a Sunday and we were going through this market, okay? And I had the uh, wallet in my front pocket. It was kind of tight. But there was a distraction. There was a group of three individuals who were, you know, maybe gentlemen in their 50s or even 60s. And one of them was like walking in front of me. And it was kind of like annoying because I wanted to get past him. And all of a sudden he turned around. And I, the first thing in my mind, oh, great. He's going to like get out of my way now. As he was coming toward me, someone from the left who was carrying popcorn, eating popcorn, all of a sudden it seemed like he, 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 he collided with something and all this popcorn fell like right in front of me. I knew at that moment, this is a distraction. They're yeah. doing this intentionally. And so my hands, my hands came down to my side, to my pockets. At that moment, I felt two fingers in my front pocket. And it just right. really made me so mad. I was like, how these guys, you know, they're trying to get my wallet out, out of my pocket. I don't think they would, uh, who knows? So what I did then is I just bought a pair of socks and I stuffed that pair of socks in my front pocket, you know, uh, over the top of my my wallet. I said, I said to my son, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm done here. <laughs> Let's go. But yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible. A lot of these people, it's not just one pickpocket. They work in groups. Okay. They do. Yeah. Distraction crimes, usually two or three people. Yep. Uh, last tip was learn self-defense, which you should uh, pro project situational awareness. That means knowing what's going on in front of you and behind you to the right and to the left, 50 to hundred feet at all times. That's really important. Tell your bank where you're going so that they don't shut, you know, your credit cards down. Um, and uh, I always, if I'm going to get cash uh, in the country that I'm traveling to, which I always do, uh, as a matter of saving a little bit of money, I have found, and correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, that the cheapest exchange for your dollars is going to be at an ATM, at a bank ATM. So I will take my actual ATM card and go right to an actual bank and, and withdraw whatever it is that I want. And that generally has the best exchange rate. I agree with you, but I would be careful about where I do this probably. I mean, for, for two reasons, first, you need to research about what your bank is gonna charge for these transaction fees. Some, sometimes it's very nominal. Sometimes it might be a, a hefty, you know, 10, $15 per ATM transaction. So you need to look research that. And then when you use an ATM, 
even though it's, it's a better rate, you want to be careful where you are. I wouldn't necessarily want to do it like right on the street ATM, but maybe inside the bank that has the ATM machine. That's what I do. Yeah. Hide emergency cash, which might be in your sock or your shoe. Um, I usually have what's called chump change. So I'll have like my cash in one spot and cash that I want to, that I'm going to give to somebody or throw in the opposite direction. Should I be accosted, right? Robbed. Right. So have emergency cash and chump change. Food, water, and safety. Get all your shots, depending on the country you're traveling to. And, uh, you know, a bottled water is always best. And uh, just be really careful. You know, I, I, I always travel with Imodium D, right? Mm -hmm. I always have that in my bag. It's in my, my, um, my, my, my uh, 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 laptop bag, right? Because you just never know. Uh, mm -hmm. Pepto-Bismol, Imodium D, all that. So use ATMs wisely, like we talked about. Uh, stop using your back pocket, of ah, course. Yeah. 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 Travel oh. in numbers. There is definitely strength in numbers. I want to add something here. A lot of people are not aware of. Um, if you have an emer serious emergency as an American traveling overseas, like let's say your passport stolen, you, your, all your money stolen. Um, there is a phone number of the U.S. Embassy or U.S. Consulate that's there. It goes to American uh, Citizen Services and it's 24 hours. So if you have something in the middle of the night, there will be a duty officer, someone who answers that phone. I work in, a, you know, in a consulate. We were all signed, you know, a few weeks during the year, and so we had we were trained in how to respond to these incoming calls to be able to help people, you know, have them come in, you know, uh, to the consulate or the embassy, provide them with the a emergency cash like a loan, help them, you know, uh, expedite getting their their replacement uh, passport. But a lot of people are not aware of that. You 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 are not on your own per se. You have the the assistance of the U.S. Embassy or consulate in most of the cities where you, big cities where you travel to. Yeah, yeah, which is fantastic. USA. Uh, pack a first aid kit, especially if you have uh, loved ones, family members that have allergies, you know, Benadryl, all that stuff, uh, sunscreen, rehydration salts, antihistamines. That's a, all really good advice. I always travel with a, uh, a small first aid kit. Uh, stay relatively sober. That's an important one. You know, especially uh, for you men traveling by yourselves, married or not, uh, somebody cozies up to you at the bar. Uh, always be aware of that. You know, uh, if it's too good to be true, it definitely is. Uh, mm -hmm. Trust your instincts. You know, if something seems wrong, something is wrong always. Uh, and travel safety for women versus men. Um, the, the tips, uh, safe safety above are equally important for both men and women. Um, unfortunately, women are victims of violence everywhere, including the United States and Canada. Traveling doesn't necessarily increase that threat. It simply changes the location. Women worried about being assaulted or harassed might prefer to visit local street bazaar or nightclub in a group rather than alone. So, I mean, there are some specific uh, concerns that women need to be aware of. Um, Peter, uh, any closing thoughts on travel security? No, I just think the best thing is to research as much as possible and where you're going to go so that you can learn about some of these scams, take the information, take the telephone number so that if you do have an emergency, you got you, you can get assistance right away instead of all of a sudden not knowing who to contact, what to do, because it's not a problem until it happens. And then all of a sudden you're like devastated and and uh, be, be knowing who you can contact would be a great assistance. Um, and, and these other comments that we've that we've already raised, I think, are all really pertinent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like all things, uh, safety and security, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Absolutely. Plan, right? mm -hmm. So, uh, Peter, what are you up to? What do you got to plug? Well, uh, going to be here for Easter, but then I'm on the road. Got a number of conferences uh, taking place. Uh, doing a lot of training. Uh, uh, 
situational awareness as well as security awareness when it comes to um, social engineering, human hacking. So anybody that's interested in the topic, visit my website, counterintelligence-institute.com. If you're interested in, in booking me as a speaker or interested in other training events, and I'll be happy to respond to your emails. Yeah, and uh, y'all can see uh, me and my team at protectnowllc.com. Again, that's protectnowllc.com. Peter, I was telling you earlier, we sent out 11 contracts last week, and we sent out another one today. That's fantastic. Uh, business getting back, better. It's getting back. Yeah, it's coming back. We're, we're moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Peter, it was nice to see you. Likewise, you take care. Have a great Easter, and good luck in the marathon. Thank you, sir.